Good evening. I'm Simon Dodge. I'm one of the family here, along with you in the Garden Lounge. It's great to be with you. And if you're watching this in the comfort of your own home, thanks for having me. It's good to be a part of a family. One of the things that my family like to do is spend my money on really expensive ice cream. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but slowly I'm coming around. And so um, from time to time we'll drop into somewhere like Ben and Jerry's or Rollicking Gelato and we'll all choose an ice cream. The thing is that there's just so many different flavours to choose from. I mean, you know, when you're spending that much money, you need to get it right. <laughs> but how do you choose between chocolate therapy, chocolate fudge brownie, chocolate chip cookie dough, Superman chocolate, not to mention gingerbread man, yogi bear, hokey tokey pokey? Some of the more difficult decisions that I've ever had to, be, had to make have been in ice cream shops. Fortunately, they do this thing to help. They give you a taster. They take a, a little ice cream stick and they scoop up a wee knob of the flavour of ice cream that you want and they, they give it to you to taste. That is very helpful. It's also free. <laughs> Which it should be because they charge so much for the ice cream. <coughs> ice cream shops are not the only places that offer tasters. Craft beer festivals, markets, food expos, even supermarkets offer a taster in the hope that you will like what they have to offer and buy it. Because people can say what they like about their product, but there's nothing like tasting something for yourself. To taste something can also mean to experience something. A few years ago, my wife and daughter were visiting California and decided that they wanted a taste of something quintessentially American. So they went to a baseball game. And they loved it. So much so they've been watching baseball ever since. Go the Dodgers. <laughs> At school, you might get the opportunity to, do, to uh, go on work experience to taste what it's like being an airline pilot, or a hairdresser, or a, a cardiothoracic surgeon. <laughs> At Christmas, we get to taste and experience many wonderful things, and it's probably different for each one of us. For some, it's the taste of cranberry and stuffing and gravy, or freshly dug new potatoes with mint and butter, or, or trifle with a bit of brandy in it or fresh peas straight out of the pod. Some people share Christmas crackers, which usually contain a little gift, <laughs> and usually um, a silly hat and a, a terrible joke, such as, what do you call a reindeer who can't see? No idea. No idea. <laughs> or, why couldn't the skeleton go to the Christmas party? He had no body to go with. <laughs> but actually, there's a little bit of something in there because the taste of Christmas isn't always sweet. For some, it's a time of sadness and missing people and even loneliness. 
Perhaps you know someone who would appreciate um, you giving them a, a call or dropping in to visit them or even a last-minute invitation. You'd be in good company with that last-minute invitation. God did exactly that on the first Christmas. Those unsuspecting shepherds minding their own business out in the fields, and then suddenly, boom, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. I'm reading from Luke. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Clearly that included the shepherds. And amidst the joy and the wonder of that night, they were among the very first to experience and taste the peace of the newborn king. He was the one through whom the universe was created. The one who was before all things and in whom all things hold together. 800 years before his birth, the prophet Isaiah said that he would be called the Prince of Peace. Do you know one of the greatest things that you can ever experience is peace? Most of us will have at some stage experienced the opposite of peace. Anxiety, conflict, unhappiness, frustration. But true peace is not just the absence of those things. It's a deep, persisting inner calmness and contentment. Peace displaces anxiety. You can't have them both at once. I wonder, what would peace look like for you? My experience is that the peace of Jesus is real. Trouble on the outside doesn't have to mean trouble on the inside. In this world, there will always be trouble. But in Jesus, you don't have to be dead to rest in peace. As I was preparing this message, I distinctly felt that Jesus was saying that tonight, he wants to give every one of you a taste of his peace. And there are two wonderful verses in uh, Philippians um, which give us some really practical help on how to receive God's peace. Here they are. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's just break that down a little bit. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I think that pretty much covers it. Nothing is too big or too small. And remember, to pray means to talk with God. Don't just talk at God. Listen to see what he's wanting to say back. One way to help you do this is to write down what you think he's saying. Sort of like a conversation. 
I've been trying this, and it's really helpful. Next, tell God what you need. You know, God is very practical. So be specific. Tell him what's on your mind. And tell him what you need. You're allowed to. See, it says it right there in the Bible. Tell him what you need and thank him for all he has done. Gratitude lifts our eyes from our troubles onto our God and reminds us that we can trust him for everything. So, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, some famous people have bodyguards to protect them. Me, I have a bodyguard called Peace. Perhaps if you like drawing, you might like to draw a picture sometime of a bodyguard called Peace protecting you. And what does Peace guard according to that verse? Your heart and your mind. Because life is so much more enjoyable when you're resting in God's peace. And it comes with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So, would you like a taste right now of the peace that Jesus has to offer? Here's what we're going to do. Nothing weird, I promise. I'm going to pray. And I invite you to just uh, join me in my prayer by, by just adding your agreement um, as we go along. Not out loud, just, just quietly between you and Jesus. Then we're going to thank Jesus for his peace and pause for about a minute to enable you to receive and enjoy his peace. It's going to be good. So, shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus, for coming that I might have peace. Peace with you. Peace in my own heart and mind. And peace with those around me. You know the things I worry about. And I name those things now. Go ahead. Look. Jesus, there are some things I need from you. And since you said I can ask, here they are. And now I thank you, Jesus, for your peace. And I open my heart to you to receive it.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. God bless you, and may the peace of God rest upon you and your family this Christmas.